On this episode of the Trade Busters podcast, we're going to be going over the new Trade Busters model portfolio. Before I go on, just want to remind you guys that I am not a financial advisor, so everything on this podcast is for informational purposes only and not to be construed as investment advice. Now, what is the model portfolio? So if you've been following the podcast, you'll know that around the end of season two, when I was wrapping up and leading into season three, I mentioned that I wanted to kind of explore more and give tools and ideas for not just focusing on specific option strategies per se, but also ways to combine them, option strategies, along with uh, maybe different passive vehicles in order to come up with a more holistic portfolio. And I want to talk about ideas of combining or finding various uncorrelated strategies And the model portfolio is a way to help you kind of visualize and come up with your own ideas of how to put different strategies together. So first off, where to find the model portfolio, as usual, there is going to be a link to it at the TradeBusters landing page, www.thetradebusters.com, which brings you to the usual Google Sheets that you're used to. Uh, Along the left-hand side, for the moment, this is currently located right under the trade busters faq above the theta engine link you'll see model portfolio and then there's a link that says click here to access trade busters model portfolio which will bring you to the model portfolio page now at first this may be a little overwhelming so i wanted to go over each of the various tabs and just introduce you to what they are what the purpose is now once you get the big idea actually using the model portfolio would be very simple but you may want to dive into the various tabs, look at the formulas to get an idea of how performance is tracked, different stats and different metrics are calculated. I may do kind of more deep dive episodes later on some of the specific metrics and kind of uh, risk and performance tracking. But for now, um, again, I'm just going to go over generally what these tabs are and then go over the high level functionality. So first off, I wanted to let's start with the summary tab. And this will have a list of um, various benchmarks and passive indices, along with the performance of the Trade Busters model portfolio, which is column B, just labeled Trade Busters for now. And I'll get into a second how these stats are generated, but you'll see that on here, there's various benchmarks like the S&P 500, NASDAQ Composite, Russell 2K, the HFRI Equity Hedge, which is I think indices from hedge, hedge fund research. There's the Credit, Credit Suisse Long Short Equity, and the S&P U.S. Aggregate Bond Index. And just going down the list, you know, you'll see the latest date at which each column was updated. I plan to do this um, maybe every quarter uh, because this, again, is more like a tool for you to get an idea of the long term. And right now, currently, there's about 10 years of data anyway, so it'll give you some a good sense of what it looks like without necessarily having to update every single month. Um, the wealth series is just a tracking of, I think the hypothetical starting of, uh, I think it's a thousand dollars, um, in terms of what, let's say you put a thousand dollars into that particular 
product or vehicle and what it would end up at at the end of that time period. A lot of the other stats here are kind of self-explanatory, like the month to day return, past three months. Not going to go over everything, but there's a lot of the usual things that you, you may or may not already be used to. Um, these are monthly stats. So if you see like the monthly gain or maximum gain, maximum loss, average gain, average loss, those are in terms of the monthly stats. And there's an annualized, you know, one year rolling, one year return, there's an inception of date. And again, this data is going back from 2013 through at the moment, 2022, end of October. And there's a bunch of risk analysis. So for the first few rows up into about row 33, you'll have the various metrics for each individual indice or the model portfolio. And then there's a section called benchmark analysis. And essentially it's taking the model portfolio and benchmarking and comparing to each of the various indices and benchmarks. You can see stats like beta, alpha, annualized alpha, correlation, so on and so forth. Now let's talk about how these are actually generated. I want to first go to the tab called monthly TRR. TRR stands for track record representative. And this is a way to track the performance, you know, for something like S&P 500 index, right? You just track the price return of the index. And using that, you can essentially uh, figure out the performance over time on a quarter or monthly, whatever. Now, for something like a hedge fund or a strategy, uh, what you would do is you start with, again, a round number like 100,000. And you'll see that in row two, um, the... Column D, TBMP, which stands for Trade Busters Model Portfolio. And then I have a few other columns of different strategies, you know, TE, Data Engine, DBMF, I'll go over in a second, the ER Input Strategy, Vibranium Shield. These all start with 100,000, and you'll see that as time goes on, the number grows. Now, what do I have in here now? I mentioned the different index indices already. So TBMP is going to be a model portfolio where you as the user can adjust the allocation and blend of the various underlying strategies that goes into the overall portfolio, which we'll go over in a second. But um, you can combine all of the allocations into the, the base indices, along with right now at this moment in time, I have TE, which is of course Theta Engine, DBMF, which is an ETF that does um, that replicates the SG trend index, which is basically replicating the trend following. Um, I will listen to, if you haven't already, listen to episode uh, 69 to learn about what DBMF is. So that is an ETF. And I have now the ERN put strategy and Vibranium Shield. So on the monthly TRR tab, again, what it is doing is essentially taking all of these and tracking their performance in terms as if they were an indices or an index. And so these are basically prices. Now, where these come from, or actually what these are used for, um, these are what drives the various metrics in the summary tab. For example, you know, inception of date return is taking the latest price or um, of the index or the, the portfolio and just taking a difference and doing as a percent over the starting, which is inception of date, right? All back at, um, row two and then of course the various of the rolling 12 month returns the, the trailing three months all of the various stats those use these numbers so you can click around and see the formulas in there now to get these trr numbers or another thing that the trr numbers are used for is if we go to the tab called monthly diffs 
slash TWR. So diff stands for differences and then TWR stands for time weight of return. This takes the TRR numbers and gives a monthly return. So diffs on the left-hand side, it's simply a monthly return for each month. And that's very simple, just um, one month's TRR over the minus the previous one divided by the previous one. So it's a very standard difference percentage formula. That's used for um, statistical analysis such as trying to get an average monthly gain, looking at standard deviation, looking at sharp ratio, so on and so forth. So it's the same, it's derived from the same data, but because it's measured as a percent, it's used to calculate kind of a different set of statistics. And on the right-hand side, the TWR is a cumulative return of the monthly diffs. That's used to do the equity curve, which we'll look at in a second. Um, so that's the raw data. A um, couple other things I wanted to show you before we get to the, the more kind of fancy or high-level stuff. There's a tab called Variables. And this you won't really have to touch a whole lot. But um, these are some baseline numbers that are used for some of the other stats. I think the only one where you realistically have to input if you want to is the three-month T-bill. Um, that's if you want to adjust the risk-free rate because the sharp ratio that, that's on the summary tab, there's a sharp ratio assuming no risk-free rate or zero. There's a sharp ratio assuming a five-year, 5% uh, annual risk-free rate, and there's one going by the three-month T-bill, which that's going to change over time. Depending on that, it's going to change the analysis of the sharp. But honestly, you don't really have to uh, change anything if you don't want to there. Now, uh, there's one more tab called links, which has some uh, links to different pages where you can find the various indices, such as the F HFRI equity hedge, the Credit Suisse, and the S&P uh, bond index. You can check those out if you want, but otherwise I plan to update these statistics every once in a while anyways. So, Finally, let's look at the tab called Model Portfolio. So what I have here is you'll notice that there is, again, the columns for each of the indices plus the strategies. But there's an orange cell at the top. And again, orange usually indicates something that you can change. And uh, what's going to happen is depending on the percent you put in here, it's going to be as if you invested or allocated a certain percent of your portfolio to that particular index or strategy. And it's going to assume it's rebalanced every month to those percentages, right? So you'll notice that, um, uh, well, basically what happens is we know from the TRR of each uh, index and strategy, which gives a difference or monthly percentage, what I've done here is simply taken that top allocation number and multiply that through. So you're essentially scaling the baseline performance of each vehicle by your allocation percent. And one thing I want to show you just as a very quick sanity check, I'm gonna zero everything out. And if you're following along, you should do this as well. And put 100% into S&P 500, which is right now column F. So you'll notice that the monthly return numbers of F for S&P should look essentially the same as if you go to the monthly diff tab and look at the S&P 500, you're going to basically get the same numbers. And that's because it's as if you're basically allocating 100% into the S&P 500. And so that's to be expected. 
Now, if you notice along the left-hand side of the Model Portfolio tab, there is basically a column D, which is labeled TBMP. It's summing the individual monthly return of all of the various columns. So essentially, again, if you're blending different elements, it's just going to give you a total monthly return with all those components. And right now, if you put if you zeroed everything out and put 100% S&P, you'll see that the column D should basically match column F. And so if we go now to the equity curve, equity curve tab, you'll see that there is basically one line, right? This is essentially the equity curve of the S&P 500. Right? If you put money, buy and hold, you know, at the beginning of 2013, this would basically be the price return of S&P 500. This is not the total return, this include dividends, this is just the price return of the index. At the same time, if you go to the summary tab, you'll see that column B for trade busters should match column C. Again, this is a sanity check and just to help you kind of understand how this works, because again, this is this is not a very fancy portfolio, but we're modeling just buy and hold S&P 500. And also just to illustrate some of the uh, functionality of this sheet, the, the model portfolio sheet. If you go to the drawdown graph, you'll now see a drawdown graph of, again, the S&P 500. There's only two, uh, there's one line. It's kind of a brownish color because the blue and red line are right on top of each other. But now we're going to do a couple things. I'm going to go through a few simple examples just to just so you know how this works. But ultimately, you should play around for yourself and get a more intuitive understanding. So right now, let's zero out S&P and let's put 15% in TE column, column L. So there is a readme here that tells you the allocation that you should put for each one with respect to your intended sizing. So let me explain. For the indices and ETFs, so DBMF, the S&P Bond Index, Russell 2000, NASDAQ, whatever, you put a number equal to the cash amount you would purchase for that, right? So if you put 25%, it's 25% cash to buy S&P or SPY or whatever. Again, it doesn't have total return, but it's, it's a proxy, or it would be 25% to DBMF, 25% to uh, the Russell 2000. So that's very straightforward. For TE specifically, I've set it up so that the percent you put would be the sizing as if that was your target return. So if I put 15%, it's as if my target return for TE is 15%. If that doesn't make sense to you, you don't understand what that means, you need to go back and listen to the Trinity um, system data engine episodes to figure out how the whole sizing works. But this is not the episode for that. Um, for ERN, the percent you put is based on the notional sizing you want. Right. Again, if this doesn't make sense, listen to the very recent ER input episode. So 100% will mean I want 1x notional. 200% means 2x notional. 0.5 means 0.5 you know, x notional. Right. So these numbers, depending on what you do, they may add up to over 100 Right. because the TE, the ERN, those are not cash allocation numbers. Those are, with, those are numbers that, are, um, that have context with respect to the strategy. And finally, for V-Shield, Vibranium Shield, the number you put is the annual debit budget, right? So if I put 3%, it means I'm using 3% budget of spending on the Vibranium Shield long puts. But let's go back again, zero everything out and put 15% for TE. And let's take a look at the equity curve. You'll now see two curves, right? The blue curve for the TBMP, which is just data engine. 
and the curve looks pretty nice, right? Higher return. It's pretty correlated to the market. Drawdowns are lower, um, but this is all to be expected. Uh, if you look at the drawdown graph, you'll notice that um, sometimes there's higher drawdowns, 2015, 2016. But of course, in COVID, it had a lower drawdown. 2022 had a lower drawdown. Uh, I'm, I'm going through this quickly because, again, really, you should just see this for yourself. I'm just kind of explaining the functionality of the, the model portfolio. And then if we look at the summary, now you'll see the stats, right? So at a 15% target return, and that's an annual target return. If you look at the row 13, right, the inception of date annualized return is basically spot on 15%, right, versus S&P, which has a 10.69. So this is basically the Kager, right? Rolling one-year return, which is a trailing 12-month return, right, tra the TBMP, or in this case, just TE is down, you know, 3%, S&P is down 16%. Um, so obviously that's already an improvement, right? Total return, inception date, row nine, right? 295% versus 171%. If we look at the risk metrics, sharp ratio is higher. The beta is only 0.7, uh, correlation of about 0.8. And so again, these stats, I'm not gonna go over everything, but you can basically, my point is you can now do different allocation blends look at the return and benchmark them against the various indices. All right. And finally, um, I want to just put um, another example. Let's say I wanted to do, I don't know, let's do 30% for DBMF. I'm going to do about a cash secured, uh, a cash secured ERN put. And this is from the back test. So take it with a grain of salt. It showed about a four and a half Kager. Um, but that test, uh, it didn't have the um, slippage and commissions in real life. Obviously, the results are going to be a little bit worse. Um, but I'm going to put I'm going to drop, for example, my TE allocation down to like 6% and I'm going to put 3% V shield allocation, right? So uh, I have no base indices, right? I can have 6% TE, 30% DBMF, 100% ERN, 3% V shield. And I'm just kind of I just made it up on the spot, actually. And let's look at the equity curve um, there. Equity curve looks very steady. Uh, I don't see any major drawdowns. The return looks higher than S&P. Look at the drawdown graph. All the drawdowns look very mild. I think the largest drawdown I see here is 3.7%, maybe, yeah, 3.7. Yeah, Obviously, the S&P had a 24% you know, drawdown in September 2022. It had a 20% drawdown in March of 2020. If we go down to the summary stats, right, this has a... Uh, inception of date, annualized return or CAGR of 12.6%, right? Versus S&P of 10.6. But let's look at the standard deviation, right? The roll 24, standard deviation of 2.2. And again, this is a monthly standard deviation, right? Versus S&P, which is a 4.2. So you've got higher return with half the standard deviation, half the risk, right? The annualized sharp ratio, if you look at the 0%, uh, assuming the 0% um, risk-free. And again, risk-free is not zero, obviously, but it gives you as long as you compare both of them using the same risk-free rate it, it's really the relative difference you're looking for so this is a, a sharp ratio of 1.6 versus 0.7 right now beta is only 0.27 correlation dropped to 0.53 so this you know just making this up you, again the allocation i just threw some together and and you can see that you can come up with some ideas and mixes that really you can get a decent return and cut down on that risk, right? That risk-adjusted return. And this is the entire vision of this model portfolio concept. And what I wanna do moving forward is as I 
well, I, not that I'm going to come up with like 100 different strategies in the next couple of years, but whenever I come up with something new or some new piece of research, you know, I may go ahead and, and generate the TRR numbers, the, the monthly diffs, and put it in here and put that as a component for you guys to add to the model portfolio, right? And at the same time, I'm going to update the numbers as we get more and more data. I may not have time to do it every month, but I will try to do it at least every quarter, right? I'll update the strategies, I'll update the indices. And over time, you guys can, you know, play with this and maybe it'll give you some ideas and it might give you some ideas of, you know, if you have a core, let's say you do want to have some kind of buy and hold portfolio, um, what's a good idea? What's a good blend? You know, if you want, you know, if you want to give me some ideas of like what you want me to add, you know, TLT or something, just add more indices, I can do that or if there's other strategies or obviously if you're good with Excel and you kind of look at the formulas, you get the idea, you can extend this sheet yourself and add your own data. And again, this is meant to be a tool just to kind of open your eyes a bit and kind of extend the horizon of what's possible with portfolio construction and really looking at things from kind of analyzing things for not just I'm just trying to make as much money as possible, but looking at returns, looking at compound growth rate, different metrics like sharp ratio and looking at, you know, looking at drawdown, looking at the graph of the drawdown. And so that's kind of the latest and greatest. And this is what I one thing I've been, you know, something I built. I'm using this myself. I have a particular blend that I use for um, one of my funds, which I just kind of changed that up recently. And, you know, based on this research, right, it's always about kind of looking into new things and new avenues and trying to figure out ways to to be more creative and come up with things to do to, again, not just focus on maximizing the profit, but looking at risk adjusted return and keeping risk at a modest level as well. All right. So let's leave it there for today. Um, please take a look. Give me any feedback, questions, requests as far as how to make this better. I'm looking forward to hearing back from you. But as always, if you guys enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also visit my trading page at www.thetradebusters.com, where, of course, you'll find the model portfolio and all of the strategy mechanics for other strategies I have, trade logs, various essays I've written, and other podcasts I recommend. Finally, you can follow me on Twitter at TheTradeBuster. That's it for today. Thank you all for listening, and I will see you guys next time.